the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson and I'm joined as always by Mr. MC. That would be me. How are you? Warm. Yeah, this is going to be a really low energy episode yeah. because it's flipping hot yeah. and we're sat really close together around a microphone. Yeah. Oh God, hope you're not expecting any comedy people. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. <laughs> if they listen to this before, they're not. Uh, well, the unfunny thing we're bringing you this week is mm. Tamora Gason, season four, episode five, Baby Blues MC. Mm. I do believe we did not look at the uh, episode title last week. Ah. Yeah, so it's called Baby Blues. What okay. happened last time? Oh, so the Tokyo Memorial B&B. Um, what did happen? It was the end of the werewolves, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there were some werewolves and they fought some werewolves. Uh-huh. Inflatable, whoopee cushion <laughs> werewolves. Forgot about that. Uh, um, MC was a dick to Jay. Standard. Um, He's just been a dick in general, isn't he? There's he something is. off about MC. Yeah, just, <laughs> just for a change. <laughs> um, but no, um, yes, there's, there's hints of MC's emotional trauma, the thoughts of werewolves, and we found out that there is some sort of mysterious demon sex yeah, or I something. Think so, Sirhoin. Yes, yeah, with his master, not master plan, his master. Yep. Uh, who is uh, trying to kill Amy, I believe, to uh, do something, bring about the end of the world, probably. That's all it always yeah, usually standard, is, isn't it? Yeah. For reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and this episode is called Baby Blues. Mm. So do you think this is going to be MC with postnatal depression? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been the entire time. <laughs> this is you reading about a fictional version of you <laughs> with a child. <laughs> well, let's find out, MC. It is Baby Blues Part 1. A den, a denim, a denman, a denman, a den. We got the villain's name wrong. Yeah. Uh, we think Sir Hoyne was from Chip, and it's actually Shirak that is from Tamora Gason. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, folks, for getting the canon wrong, <laughs> but those names are really similar, and we've recorded them like a day apart. So forgive us. Previously on Tamora Gason, MC turned his attention to Tifa. Yep, our little girl. She's gonna be someone special, which is why the pregnancy happened so fast. The people who sent her to us needed her to be born quickly, before the end of time took place. But why is she so special? She's an angel, MC. (gasps) Our daughter is an angel. MC picked up the bell that was lying on the floor and placed it back onto the reception desk. 
The sign painter had finished, and as he stepped back, he revealed a new name on the bed and breakfast's wall. The Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast. MC continued trying to juggle Amy, Bills, paying the builders, getting the B&B up and running, and protecting the world, while trying not to lose a part of himself. But was it too late? But if Shirak's master worked, and he was certain it would, then that would all change. Soon, ultimate power would be given to him. Starting with the death of an angel, before it has come to grow to full life. Yeah, you were right. Shirak said to himself in the temple. Like taking candy from a baby. Shirak smirked over the picture of the Goo Claw Ninja's baby before smearing his excrement over it. <laughs> the rattling of the letterbox attracted MC's attention. He'd been standing in the B&B's reception area, pondering about everything and nothing. A lot going on there. That's like a song title. <laughs> there was a bunch of about six letters, which he gathered up from the floor below the door and took into the living room. Louise was sitting in one of the armchairs reading, whilst Jay and Gav watched the small television. Are they watching sitcoms? <gasps> Is that why Chip left? <laughs> they just didn't stop watching Friends. Central heating, you've always got it turned up too high. Think of the gas bill. <laughs> It was early in the morning, and none of them had been up too long. Anything for me? Jay called out. Bill, Bill, junk, we've won a brand new car, Bill, and... MC paused reading through the letters. What's wrong? Louise asked, placing her book down on the table. This one just says MC on it. No address. I like how Royal Mail will know exactly where that's going. <laughs> oh yes, do you want the uh, to Tokyo Memorial B&B where all those murders keep happening every day? <laughs> Who's it from? Gav said, not turning his attention from the television. Let's find out. As MC went to open the letter, the oh-so-familiar cries of Amy echoed throughout the B&B. He dropped the letters on the coffee tables. <laughs> oh no, it's the lobby all over again. <gasps> oh, you've got furniture. We've got furniture. It's multiplying. <laughs> they just can't escape it. <laughs> he dropped the letters on of the coffee tables and took the stairs three at a time. Hardcore. It's ninja speed. <laughs> Amy's eyes were red already, and her screams became hysterical. MC scoped her up ever so gently, being careful not to disrupt her too much. Why would you not want to disrupt the crying? It's like, oh, she's having a really good cry, don't want her upset her. Maybe he means, like, not shake her too much, because it <laughs> doesn't work out well with babies. Or is he just stood there with a sniper rifle if he's scoping her? <laughs> we swear one more fucking sob from you, you little shit. Hush, little baby, <laughs> don't say a word. Whispering shush noises to his daughter, MC also offered some comforting words. Daddy's got a busy day today. What's wrong? You're not wet? I've only just fed you and you're burped and changed. What else can I do? After a few more minutes of rocking her, cuddling and singing, MC decided it was useless. He laid Amy back into her cot and left the room, leaving the baby to cry herself to sleep, which she often did. Now, I do believe... It's called self-soothing, isn't it? Is that what it is? I didn't I know there was a name so. for it, but thing. I knew of a technique to just mm. let leave the fucking crying bitch alone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as uh, some parents have said. Um, but uh, I wasn't sure if that was MC's plan here, or if he's just yes, tired and had absolutely. enough. absolutely. <laughs> yes, he has been reading so many books on parenting <laughs> techniques, and despite all the books he's read, he hasn't found one of, like, how to get rid of your baby. <laughs> do you think there's one called, like, Ninja and Baby Monthly? <laughs> How to care for your infant when you're trying to save the world every week. <laughs> MC went back downstairs to the living room and found his friends in exactly the same position as he had left them. Come on, guys. He commanded. 
Today is a big day for all of us. Our future is decided within in the next few <laughs> hours, and you're acting like it's just another day. Ooh, what's exciting? What's, what's going on? It must be the D the D D the B and B. And then they're going to play D and D. It'd be exciting. It's a D and D B and B. I want to stay there. Yeah. That'd be amazing. We know. Louise replied, "Don't worry. We've got plenty of time until the B and B opens its doors for the first time." So I guess they got some more workmen in after the whole sort of last lot were murdered, <laughs> just to finish the job. Are the walls still brown? Or... <laughs> yeah. MC side. It'll just be a big relief to finally <laughs> have this place up and running, like a proper business. Such a big relief. Yeah. <laughs> after everything they've been through. We still don't know where MC got all the money for the workmen and stuff like no, that. No, we don't. Let's not bring that up again, sure. ever. Okay. <laughs> and it will be, Gav said, standing. You wait and see. As soon as those doors open, we'll have two hundreds of guests to deal with. MC smiled. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. A bit of hope in MC. His hmm. B&B business is going to be up and running. <laughs> really feels like I've run out of ideas it, at this point. It would be such a bad B&B with like constant... Okay, well, there's the whole storied history of all the body parts. Uh-huh. It It's not as close to the um, historic alleyways of London as it says. <laughs> And there's a baby crying all the time, wells yeah. attacking, yep. them coming out in and out, strange hours, covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, it's not... I'd rather say the D&D one, to be yeah. honest. The smile from MC's face fell. He had posted flyers in local shops, travel agents, and around London, placed an advert in the yellow pages, and even had a sign outside the B&B with the date and time of opening, offering a free meal to the first ten guests. That was a long sentence. So, a free meal for the first ten guests. Uh-huh. I mean, is I feel like a B&B isn't sort of a grand opening of like, oh, there's a new B&B with a stupid title opening, let's all go stay there. Also, free meal, or like the, the breakfast is free. So you're just like, <laughs> here's your continental breakfast. It's, it's 7pm, here's your continental <laughs> breakfast, cereal and a croissant. You only pay for the bed here. <laughs> It's the Tokyo Memorial bed. <laughs> but only for the first ten people. Only the ten guests hadn't arrived just yet. The bed and breakfast had been open for exactly three hours, and as yet, no customers. I'm not sure they quite got the patience for this. Like, Imagine them going through the off-season where no one's coming to stay. <laughs> this is very different to fighting demons and vampires mm. and... MC Lau a puff of air and continued to flick through a magazine that was on the reception desk in front of him. Ninja and Baby Monthly. <laughs> Jay played with a yo-yo opposite him and Louise sat off Gav's lap in one of the chairs. It had been a quiet morning. Even with a fucking baby crying the whole time. <laughs> Just hasn't stopped, it's still going. No wonder no one's gone there to stay. They're like, a bit loud, isn't it? He'd never been a leader before, nor a warrior, so war was never something Shirak felt strongly about. Not Sirhoin, Shirak. <laughs> God, that is going to get confusing, isn't it? Oh my God. Just remember uh, uh, Shrek for Tomorrow Gason and Steak for Chip. Nice. That's also not going to get confusing. <laughs> oh dear. He'd never been a leader before, nor a warrior, so war was never something Shirak felt strongly about. But he couldn't help feel proud as he cast an evil eye over his colony's best troops as they lined up in front of him. It's like the the demon equivalent of having a ninja everything. <laughs> He's going to use his evil speed and his evil strength. <laughs> Does he know he's evil as well? Mm. Is he like, I will look at them with my evil eyes? <laughs> his breed was a strange type. Divided into two sorts, priests and warriors. 
the Insteptacorg. I forgot they were Transformers. <laughs> Divided into two sorts, priest and warriors, the Insteptacorg clan's origins were shrouded in mystery. Even they don't know. They answered to a higher power and did their bidding. This mainly consisted of stealing from large human buildings and murdering important figures in the society, but lately it had consisted of finding a way to destroy the ninjas of the Ku Claw who had recently arrived in this human country. Human country. <laughs> As opposed to all those demon countries. <laughs> like Australia, full of demons. That's why we sent all our demons, wasn't it? <laughs> It's interesting, though, that they answer to a higher power. Like, uh, yeah, there's a weird cult thing going on. Yeah, isn't there? is that Shirek or is there some sort of like gods who they like speaks to them or something? Well, it says about the Insteptical clan's origin, shrouded a mystery. They, presumably the Insteptical mm. clan, are answers to a higher power. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, this could be the big, big bad. God, I hope not. They just sound really rubbish. Yeah, they sound really I rubbish. Mean, like the the higher power is the is the big bad. Oh, maybe, maybe, and they've got a sort of beef with the Ku Claw as well. Yeah, and they steal things from large human buildings. <laughs> now, do they mean that the buildings are large, or is it buildings for large humans? Oh, <laughs> another mystery to be solved. Is the big friendly giant? <laughs> as far as Shirak knew, there were no females in the Insteptacore clan. He had done his research as a youngster, knowing a human needed a male and a female to give new life. Sorry, new live. (laughs) He was raised by the older training priests and learnt the ways of his people and their mission in this world, to serve the higher power to whatever degree. Shirak was fine with that. Not necessarily because he believed in the cause, but because he felt he could do it better than any of the previous priests. Ooh, he's a career man, an ambitious (laughs) demon. In a way, he had to. The higher powers were not pleased my failure. Oh God, that's <laughs> Freudian slip there. <laughs> the higher powers were not pleased my failure and acted swiftly by removing the current priest, normally by murdering him horribly in front of the training priests as a lesson. Oh, classic villain move. Yeah. You failed me for the last time. <laughs> so there definitely is a higher power there. Yeah. Mm. Shirak wasn't sure why he was chosen to be a priest. It had often been a mystery to him. His earliest memories were of sitting on the floor, listening as he was told of the higher powers and what they demanded from him. It had fascinated him straight away, especially the murders of other priests. (laughs) He's a happy child then. (laughs) He had seen plenty of them to be pretty certain his master plan would work. He's cast his evil eye over it. (laughs) Used his evil brain to decipher an evil master. (laughs) Though you have said master plan here this time instead of master... Like you did last time, which is a fucking stupid phrase. So <laughs> hopefully you realise since then that it was dumb. No, I definitely haven't. No. I think I just like to mix it up in the text. <laughs> we get a bit of backstory, though, for this character. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't seem like a one-done villain, then, if we're getting this much backstory that's to them. That's true, that's true. Unless it's just a set-up for the higher power? Or, like, they go along and fuck up the Insteptacles and then the yeah. higher power will use something else. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. Or it could just be something equally terrible. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Walking down the line of Insteptacore clan warriors, Shirak could see the difference between the two groups. He was a lot shorter, with a bruised purple face and a semicircle of stones around his forehead. A mohawk-like set of pebbles ran from the top of his head and down to the lower part of his back. His eyes were two small grey dots with no eyelids. 
That's why they're evil, because they can't <laughs> blink. If you can't blink, you go evil. That's what happened to Chip. His eyelids got stuck. From never sleeping. <laughs> Shirak wore baggy rags and a simple black rope that, ha- that had the symbol of the Insteptacore clan on each sleeve. It's a rope with sleeves. Uh, I think it's meant to be robe. Oh, <laughs> God, the heat is going to me. <laughs> Jesus. I was trying to work, I was picturing it with like this dude with sort of a rope like up his arms and over his, the shoulders. And yeah. yeah, thank you. That could be semi-cool, but no, no, it's just a good robe. Each hand consisted of three long fingers and one thumb. The warriors were all way past a six foot mark and had human like figures, except for the three fingered hands. Their knuckles were smothered with small rocks, and they wore grey body armour. The warriors' faces were covered with stone masks. Shirak had never seen any of their faces, nor had any of the priests before him. The warriors were sent by the higher powers to be commanded by the current priest. So he's kind of like like a manager of a football team in a way. Like the <laughs> board and the chairman hire the manager to manage the players who are the warriors with the stone masks. And they're like, right, go and win the football match slash steal a baby from the Kuklaw Ninja. And if you don't do it, you're fired slash murdered. Uh, I don't know much about football, but this actually sounds like something that UEFA would have done. <laughs> I'm just impressed you know what a UEFA is. <laughs> it's a type of biscuit. Shirak wondered, as he looked down over the warriors, if a successful priest got to learn all of the colony's secrets, myths and legends. None of them had lasted more than a few years, depending on how long it took for their master to be put in action. See, if this was me, yeah. I would be like, right, my master is going to take like 50 years to be put in, oh, I've got to do all this research, mm. all this prep work, so, you know, just uh, keep bringing me a look at McDonald's every now and then, yeah. and, uh, you know, maybe a PlayStation, yeah. and, uh, yeah, about 50 years, we'll check in and see how it's going, because... Bit of a slow boil, guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. not going to lie. Because, you know, you, the other priests have only put a few years in, it's failed, let me, you know, play the yeah, long game, yeah. and everything will be hunky-dory. And also, like... <sighs> Can you can you not? Like, I don't quite understand the ambition and hubris of people who are like, well, for the last 2,000 years, literally everyone who's tried has died after like six months and been horribly murdered, but I'm going to be different because I've got such a good master. Do you think the higher powers are just like, for fuck's sake, like, we need to get better help. This is not working. None of them had lasted more than a few years, depending on how long it took for their master to be put in action. Oh, good. Master is back. (laughs) It's not going away. He wasn't sure what words to leave them with. Most great leaders of the past had given inspirational speeches to their troops before going into battle. Tonight is the night. The hour is upon us. The moment we've all been waiting for is here. Shirak didn't even know if the warriors understood him, but he carried on in any case. You know your orders. They have been sent to you by the higher powers via me. Should you fail in your mission, you will have forfeited your path to glory, and our clan will never see fit to call you brothers again. Now go. Oh, some more backstory to unpick there, I think. So, mm. is it like a Valhalla thing? Like, if they don't serve the priests and the higher powers, they don't get into Valhalla, don't get glory, yeah. don't get witness me, Mad Max style things. I wonder. I wonder how literal that is and how much is you just trying to come up with an inspiring demon speech <laughs> it's probably both yeah yeah i'm sure i'm trying to pad the backstory of the uh, inspector yeah. cause in perfect sync the dozen or so warriors turned to their right and slowly marched out of the nest heading towards their destination shirak smiled proudly i soon i'll be feasting on that baby's flesh 
Oh, I just remembered there's something important that I didn't put in the recap. Ooh. At the end of the previous one. <laughs> no, you're going. Shirak smeared some of his poo <laughs> over a was it a photo of the baby? Yeah. It was yeah. a picture of Amy that he got somehow. Uh, yeah. and he's... <laughs> Took a big old dump and smeared his poo all over it. And I don't think it was explained if that was a sort of part of a ritual that mm. he was doing or just for funsies. <laughs> It's just like, aha, I'm going to shit on you, then eat you. Evil shit. <laughs> By the end of the day, MC was the only one left. He hadn't moved from his position all day in case a potential guest came in and found no one around and decided to take his business somewhere else. A bit sexist, presuming it's a man that's going to come say, in. Yeah. But at 10.30pm, he got off his stool and locked the B&B's front door. A total of zero customers hadn't made for a good day's profit. Such a business wheeze, isn't he, MC? Let's have a look. He's got his calculator out. Like, zero customers times zero money. <laughs> Carry the two or zero in this case. The others were back in the living room, looking exceedingly bored and unanimated. MC kicked one of Amy's stuffed toys that was on the floor across the room. Drink. It got pushed or kicked across the room and hit a wall. Drink. Oh, nice. Drink yeah. for Amy's stuffed toy. <laughs> Don't be other days. Gav said half-heartedly. <laughs> Should I try and do that again in a Gav half-hearted voice? If that's possible. There'll be other days. <laughs> <laughs> kind of worked. Yeah, that was quite sad. <laughs> Everyone was drained. They had been expecting a busy day of getting their new livelihood sorted. And it had not delivered. I love the way you've misspelt livelihood as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lively hood. <laughs> it's like a hoodie with loads of gems on it. It's lively. Things have been tight money-wise since they moved from Tokyo. Well, I mean, they just like, bought a business or just took over a business and paid loads of workmen twice. Yeah. So, I mean, tight or just they just spent a load of their money on flights and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be... Did they really honestly expect it to be a roaring success right from day one? Like, this is pretty Free fucking stupid. Free meal for the first ten guests. What more can you do for that? There's cornflakes, there's <laughs> wheat toast, white I, and brown toast. I've forgotten about wheat toast. How could you? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Why are you putting your hand around my throat? <laughs> Whilst the others might have been disappointed by the lack of activity, MC was pissed off. It didn't happen to him very often, especially with non-supernatural stuff, but he couldn't help the way he felt. I feel like he's lying to himself there. Yeah. He's been quite angry a lot lately. Yeah. No, I'm always calm. <laughs> Jay turned the television off and turned to the others. Why don't we go down to the pub? We've been stuck indoors all day. Sounds like a plan. Gav said, getting up. I could use a tea, Maria and Coke. Louise added. How about you? She asked MC. He declined. The lack of money and the responsibility of having a small child were good enough reasons not to go, and the fact he didn't really feel like socialising at this point only gave MC extra incentive to stay home. He took the letters off the side from earlier and grabbed a book to read. Amy had been relatively quiet for the day, and MC expected to be kept awake most of the night. Definitely turning evil with his lack of sleep. <laughs> it's like, we've got two different shows going on at the moment. It's like, here's a domestic drama about a struggling B&B and a single father. <laughs> and here's uh, Shirak of the Inceptacore clan with all his warriors and his master that he's been putting together for years and he wants to eat and shit on a baby. <laughs> Jay, Louise and Gav grabbed their jackets and exited the B&B through the front door. MC stopped before he started to climb the stairs and walked back into the living room. 
The kitchen of the B&B, situated at the back of the living room, was home to numerous amounts of alcohol kept in reserve for the proposed guests. Emsley picked up an unopened bottle of wild turkey, wearing a guilty look on his face. Why? What's he going to do? He doesn't have to feel guilty about having a drink. Unless he's going to give it to the baby. I think he's going to be all right. Get it to sleep. <laughs> Just drink this entire bottle and you'll sleep really well, Amy. <laughs> to be fair, he'd probably get away with it as well because the yeah. police would be like, oh, another death, sure, fine. <laughs> Just then, the front door of the bed and breakfast slammed shut. The ninja placed the bottle back in its case and ran towards the reception. He found Jay and Louise with their backs against the door as Gav peeked around the blinds. What the? MC said. Looks like we got some guests after all. A nervous Jay said. Do you welcome kind? Gav stepped away from the window, issuing for MC to have a look. Standing outside the B&B were ten or so figures. They had what appeared to be human legs and arms, albeit with purple skin and stones covering their hands. <gasps> Masks hid their faces and they wore steel armour. How the fuck do they expect <laughs> to run a fucking B&B when shit like this happens all the time? Also, how did these like creatures get across London? <laughs> London's they, like there's not a single square foot of London that doesn't have someone on it at any given time. So I don't know how they got across to this B and B. They went down the historic Victorian alleyways. <laughs> That's so famous, no one ever goes there. Louise, Jay, Emily started to say, "We know." Louise said, "Weapons all round." Jay finished. The pair ran up the stairs, heading for the locked weapons room. Oh, we saw we were under attack. Gav asked. I mean, they're not exactly packing heat themselves. That's what scares me, MC replied. They probably don't need anything. In unison, the warriors started to move forwards, all in one line. MC opened the front door to the B&B and stepped outside along with Gav. Like, please don't come in here and destroy it. We've just literally have, we've been through two repair crews already. It's already been destroyed twice. Just, we'll give you a free breakfast, okay? Just don't hurt the B&B. B&Q only has brown paint left. <laughs> if it gets fucked up again, I don't know what I'll do. I've been banned from hiring any tradesmen. <laughs> Evening, Squire. Sorry, but there's no room at the inn. Didn't you see the no vacancy sign in the window? He said. <laughs> I feel like... There is no no vacancy sign in the window. <laughs> MC would be like, look, we're on the fight. Would you like to stay the night? Give you a discount. <laughs> Maybe leave a nice review. <laughs> MC wasn't in the quipping kind of mood, and by the looks of things, neither were these warriors. They continued to step forward purposely. MC looked at Gav. How about we take the fight to them, rather than get surrounded? Sounds like a plan! The pair ran forwards, both launching off the ground and catching the first two warriors with kicks and landing next to each other. That's cool. That's a cool scene. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. I think. MC ran forward again, jumping into the group of three, taking them all down and quickly snapping one's neck. He was definitely guilty, though. <laughs> MC is very much a sort of snap next, ask questions later kind of guy, isn't he? <laughs> While still on the ground, MC kicked one of the warriors but was grabbed from behind by the other. A warrior tried to blindside Gav, throwing a left hook from his side. Gav tucked, brining his... Hey! <laughs> God, why can't I spell bringing? Where, did, was the G broken on my keyboard? I couldn't use it twice in one word? <laughs> Gav tucked, brining his knee up as he did, catching the warrior in its midsection, following it up with an elbow to the back of the head. Then, from seemingly out of nowhere, another warrior clotheslined Gav, knocking him to the ground hard. In the warrior's grip, MC could feel the strength and was unable to move as both his hands were locked behind his head. Two warriors started to pound at his midsection and ribs. Their knuckles were coated in stone, and it hurt a lot. 
MC threw his head back and caught the warrior holding him with a headbutt. It didn't break its grip, but the ninja was able to swing both his legs and catch the warrior's lane into him. He went into a forward roll, which forced the warrior to break his hold. MC brought his hand down over the warrior's throat, snapping any bones it might have had. It's like he's got some sort of like plus 25% damage to <laughs> neck bones. <laughs> It's a weak point of most things, you true, know. True, true. Yeah. yeah. Also, don't they have like stone masks and steel armor, but these guys are just punching them? Yeah, and like headbutting them and stuff like that. Yeah. It's fine. Ninja headbutts. <laughs> <laughs> these warriors suck as well. There's like 12 of them, mm-hmm. and they can't take down one ninja and a gav. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Shirak's gonna die soon. <laughs> the higher powers are just like, oh, fuck, not again. <laughs> God. Clearly they've run out of like the good demons long ago. <laughs> Start putting, ringing up the job centre. Like, we need another priest. Yeah, Send the work experience guy in. <laughs> Gav gagged as a warrior dropped a knee into his stomach. It picked him up by his throat and held him in the air for a second before throwing Gav across the grass. Drink for that? Yeah, is it wall though. Mm. I feel like wall is the integral part. Okay, so grass is okay then. Yeah. Yeah, you can look at a drink. But you can't drink it. (laughs) As the warrior came near him, Gav raised his foot, catching the warrior in its groin. It didn't have any effect. And as Gav went to try again, the warrior caught his foot, again throwing him. But no drink. If there was one plus, Gav landed on three more warriors, taking them all down. They're made of stone? Is that a wall? I just want a drink, alright? Oh yeah, 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 sure. He quickly struggled three of them, punching and kicking his way back to his feet. He looked for MC and was just in time to see him kill two more of the warriors before taking a stiff punch to the face. I bet he broke both their necks as well. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> He's got one neck in each hand. Just <laughs> MC's nose had been blooded and he could feel the warm red liquid. Ooh, I wonder what colour uh, you would say. <laughs> I actually said claret instead of colour as well. So <laughs> MC's nose had been blooded and he could feel the warm red liquid move down his face as he got back to his feet. He wiped some away. I continued with the fight. Chip got his nose broken in his fight. He did. Interesting. Parallels. <laughs> they both got their noses broken. Uh, they both had to fight sort of uh, big demon things. Yeah. Uh, they both have villains that have got similar names. <laughs> it's definitely because you decided to draw parallels between the two <laughs> worlds, not because you're unoriginal. It doesn't matter how far they are apart, the fight is still the same. Coming out of the room in the B&B, where the gang kept all their weapons under lock and key, Jane Louise carried three crossbows, two swords, three throwing knives and a kendo stick. The fuck are they going to use throwing knives on people made out of stone or whatever it is? <laughs> Maybe they've got little gaps that they could throw the knives into. You sure. know, there's always like gaps okay, in the armour so sure, for sure. mobility and stuff. I know about armour. They dashed back down the halls, getting in each other's way, which resulted in Jay dropping everything. Get it in gear, Jay! Louise shouted. As Jay scooped the weapons back up, they both heard a large thud. It had come from MC's room. They walked... Oh, God, it's just going to be some priest shitting on the baby, isn't it? (laughs) They walked over to the door and slowly opened the door, crossbows at the ready. Inside, they found two of the strange soldiers that attacked them outside, and they were standing over Amy's cot. Louise and Jay both fired, killing both warriors instantly. That was easy. Yep, told you. They got gaps in their armour. Yep. <laughs> their armour was so pointless. <laughs> their stone masks are so pointless. <laughs> These warriors are totally fucking pointless. 
Louise and Jay both fired, killing both warriors instantly. Louise loaded Jay up with the weapon she had been carrying and went over to Amy. She didn't seem to have been disrupted whatsoever, and Louise could have sworn she was almost smiling. You know, the bit where Ramsay wasn't sure how to stop her crying. <laughs> Clearly you need to just kill something in front of her. Oh, he's going like, to oh, snap necks in front of yeah. her. Oh. Lull her to sleep <laughs> with a gentle sound. rock a baby. <laughs> she picked Amy up and they followed Jay downstairs. Jay, uh, Amy's becoming a bit of a liability, isn't she? Yeah, <laughs> like, a little bit. The BB keeps getting attacked because werewolves and stone warriors are coming after her, mm-hmm. you know. It's like Bella in Twilight. I make that reference because I've watched all five Twilight films recently. Six Twilight films? I don't know, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, I can't wait till the next one. <laughs> and Bella is the worst character, like the worst protagonist you could ever hope to meet. She's, she's just responsible for all these people being attacked and dying because people keep coming after her and you're like, just let her die. She's not worth this. She's so boring. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to the proper vampire story. That, are you saying that Twilight's bad? I don't think <laughs> I've ever heard that expressed before. Do you know, I actually quite enjoyed the first one. Okay, it was enough. the funniest film I've seen in a very long time. And then they really differ in quality after that. Like they're all bad and badly written. Right. But they, some have really camp moments that are kind of fun and other times it's really fucking boring and I wanted to shoot myself. I guess I'll just have to skip Twilight then. <laughs> watch the first one. I, I recommend everyone should watch the first Twilight film. That's a, that's a hot take right there. <laughs> Fuck me. What, what is this podcast? What are we doing? Is this the Twilight, the Twilight Review Podcast? Of Twilight. <laughs> oh, yes. <gasps> yes, next podcast project. <laughs> Sliding across the floor, Gav crashed into the small wooden fence around the pathway. Not a wall. <laughs> led up to the B&B as the warrior tried to follow up his advantage Gav looked for any large pieces of broken wood that it could be used as a weapon he found one panel still intact with two large nails sticking out of the end as the warrior approached Gav swung as hard as he could burying the nails in the end of the wood into the warrior's skull that mask is really useful is it stone mask or is it like paper mache because <laughs> it's not doing a lot is it Oh yeah, budget cuts. Uh, <laughs> you know. Do you think maybe I've forgotten that I'd written in yeah. the head armour and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Look at these really formidable warriors. Oh, they're really squishy all of a sudden. Before he could celebrate, Gav was kicked towards the front door of the B&B. Drink for that! That's definitely a drink! Come on, Gav's getting all the drinks in tonight. <laughs> Before he could celebrate, Gav was kicked towards the front door of the B&B. MC was now holding off a large group of his attackers. He wasn't being given any time get hold of any of the warriors to even attempt killing them. But things looked up as MC saw Jay falling through the bed and breakfast's door, dropping a bunch of weapons. He pushed aside his current battle and ran towards Jay. One of the warriors in his way fell to the ground thanks to Gav and a crossbow. MC picked up a small knife and threw it, <laughs> killing the warrior nearest to him. See? See? Gav's in the armour. <laughs> The only gaps in the armour is that I forgot to write about the armour. <laughs> but he and Gav picked up the two swords and went back out into the battle. Now, I haven't been keeping count, mm. but there was only 12 and then two upstairs. Two upstairs are dead. Yeah. MC must have killed at least a half a dozen. Yeah. Gav's killed like three or four. Yeah. Is it one guy left? He's like, oh, I really wish we'd bought that armour and stone masks. <laughs> but he and Gav picked up the two swords and went back into the battle. Jay started to fire the crossbow at any of the warriors that came close enough near him. That came close enough near him. Okay. That's the official range of that crossbow. <laughs> if they're close enough near you. Louise, while still holding Amy, watched from inside the B&B. 
Within a few moments, the majority of the warriors were dead. I'm pretty sure they were already. <laughs> I feel like they picked up some of the dead bodies and just started stabbing them again. It's like, I've got another one. <laughs> he moved. <laughs> MC had been much more useful with his sword and had found a weak point in the warrior's armour. Ah, all of it. <laughs> Literally anywhere. <laughs> it's made from wet tissue paper, guys. <laughs> just below the armpits where there was flesh to stab and necks to break and heads to headbutt and all sorts. He looked over the many bodies that lined the B&B's garden and was glad for the ten-foot-high bushes that surrounded the building. There's the problem. People couldn't see the sign about the free <laughs> meal. They can't even see the building. It's just hidden behind all these, like, foliage. Dead body parts. <laughs> oh, are they going to have to call the morgue again? <laughs> well, we've got something a bit more interesting for you guys this time. Gav was just about to decapitate his grounded opponent. Wait! MC yelled as he came running over. What for? Gav asked. That's the last one alive. I want to know who sent them and for what. And why didn't they wear armour that was any good? <laughs> MC picked up the last warrior and dragged him inside the B&B. He noticed Louise with Amy. What's wrong? There were two more in your room. I think they were after Amy. Furious, MC threw the warrior to the floor of the living room. Jay came stumbling back in with the weapons whilst Gav was beginning to wipe the blood from his face. Okay, rock boy. <laughs> Who sent you? Well, we know MC isn't in an equipping mood. <laughs> the warrior didn't say a thing, so MC stepped forward and kicked it hard in the face, but not breaking his foot on the stone mask. <laughs> MC led down and grabbed rock-like mask over the warrior's head and slowly pulled it back. So rock-like. Rock-like, but not... <laughs> polystyrene painted to look like rock? I Literally, it was Halloween masks, I think. <laughs> MC let down and grabbed the and grabbed rock-like mask over the warrior's head and slowly pulled it back. The gang was amazed and sickened. <laughs> I hate it when I'm amazed and sickened. They had expected to see some hideous demon staring back at them, but behind the mask was a very human face, minus the skin. What? So it's just muscle and I guess bone. like um, the uh, Captain America's America's villain. But that's the Red Skull. He's only got a red face. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's not like I, muscle and stuff. Isn't he? Well, I kind of, I guess. But I, I don't think it's the same thing in a way. No, Marvel definitely ripped you off. <laughs> when they wrote that in the 40s. Exactly. What are you? Jay said, he's human. A stunned Louise added. MC pulled off the warrior's armour. Not completely human. Is he looking at his penis? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely bigger, right? Right, guys, it's, it's bigger than a normal. I mean, I mean, mine's mine's no, mine's mine's not, mine's bigger. Yeah, I, I'm good in bed, just like Chip. Does yours have skin on it though? No, he's fully circumcised. <laughs> the warrior's body was purple and very much a demon's torso. Look at that. Gav pointed to a huge scar that ran from the warrior's neck all the way round. Jesus! He was an experiment. MC said. But the question is, who's the mad scientist? Oh, so they take human minds and put them on demons' bodies? Sure. That seems pointless. Yeah, but they give them a mask. A polystyrene <laughs> mask. The warrior took a deep breath. I will never betray my people. It said in a whispered face. 
its whispered face with no skin. <laughs> Behind its polystyrene <laughs> rock-like mask. And purple demon torso and no scrotum. <laughs> Two of your kind were sent after my daughter. Why? The warrior didn't reply, so MZ wailed him with a huge right hand. Its head was visibly bruised, but still it remained silent. How can you tell us it's bruised if there's no skin? Yeah. And did he just get all, like, blood and... Uh. MC stood up and wandered over to the kitchen door. He went inside. So he used to be human? Louise asked. Looks that way! Gav replied. MC returned. He was holding a hammer and a chisel. He's going to do more renovations. (laughs) Oh, Talk, you son of a bitch, or I'll move the reception desk. <laughs> what are you doing? Jay said. That son of a bitch is going to talk one way or another. MC, wait! Louise pleaded as a ninja placed a chisel over the warrior's knee. Is this the way you want to do things? The bastard attacked us in our home and he went for Amy. If someone's after her, I need to know why. He turned to the warrior. Now who sent you? God, MC is getting proper dark, isn't he? Yeah. This is really dark. It's going to be like, I can deliver the baby to him if it will speed things up. (laughs) The warrior remained silent. Despite its bloodshot eyes, the fear was still very much present. Louise, still carrying Amy, left the living room, deciding to take the baby back upstairs. You want to take the baby away from the horrific torture? Although, judging from Amy's earlier reaction to the demons (laughs) being killed, she would have been like, Yay! Yay, Daddy! (laughs) (laughs) Cut its fucking legs off! (laughs) My first word is torture! (laughs) Both Jay and Gav had to look away as MC rammed the hammer down over the chisel, burying it in the warrior's knee. It screamed in pain. That has genuinely made my legs go a bit funny. Mm. Like the idea of someone doing that. Mm. It's really nasty. Mm-hmm. With a chisel now stuck in its knee, MC put his hand over it and started twist ever so Ooh. slightly. Jesus Christ. I'll ask again. Who sent you? My loyalty won't allow me. MC tore the chisel out at an angle. Again, the warrior screamed. I wonder if there's some sort of magic thing that stops them from talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, like, from the higher powers or something like that. Well, we'll find out. Now, I can make your death very quick, or I can spend a week breaking your bones. Fucking hell. (laughs) But not any longer than that, because we've got some guests booked in after that. (laughs) And you won't get your free breakfast. (laughs) No, I'll talk. I'll talk. (laughs) He placed the chisel over the warrior's other knee and held the hammer high in the air. As he went to bring the hammer down, the warrior shouted, All right, all right. MC stopped a few inches away from the chisel. We were sent by the high priest to claim the baby. What does this priest want with Amy? I do not know. Again, MC landed with a heavy right hand. I swear, we are not told what our purpose is. Only that it is for the higher powers. We train in the nest until it is time to go out into battle. We do not know anything of the plans. Where's this nest? MC growled. The warrior started to shake his head. MC aggressively placed the chisel over the warrior's throat. You can't really do that in a pleasant manner, can you? There's no sort of like, oh, gentle. move this over here. Is that comfortable? Right? How about this? If I just tap it into your Adam's apple. Whoa, MC! Don't you think that's taking things a little far? Gav said, standing. We don't kill people. (laughs) 
Jay also stood as if he was going to grab MC and pull him away from the warrior. MC pushed down on the chisel a little more, almost choking the warrior. Tell me! He yelled. Behind a quivering voice, the warrior spoke of the nest being hidden under Hyde Park. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to hide a secret human hybrid demon (laughs) facility training nest... For Transformers. ...under the most well-known park (laughs) in central London. Well, MC, that's why they call it Hyde Park. Ooh! (laughs) Getting what he wanted, MC dropped the chisel and grabbed the warrior's neck, snapping it quickly. The warrior fell still. Again with the neck. I'm a bit afraid of MC, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Please don't snap my neck, ever. (laughs) MC stood and headed for the exit, but found Gav and Jay standing in front of him. You were out of line! Gav calmly said. He and MC exchanged a stare. What's happened to you? Jay asked. Do you think that just because he looked human, I did something wrong? I think anyone who threatens anyone, or a thing with a chisel and hammer, is a few cakes short of a bakery! (laughs) (laughs) This really serious moment, when you think your friend is going off the deep end with his violence and aggression. You're like, oi, mate, you're a few cakes short of a bakery, aren't you? (laughs) Again, Gav and MC shared an intimidating look. Afraid something might break out in the B&B again, Jay stepped aside allowing a gap for MC to pass. He did, brushing past Gav. It's a war, he said before he exited the bed and breakfast. The sooner you get that, the better. Going all Punisher here. Yeah, Jesus. As the door slammed shut, Louise came downstairs with Amy and joined the others in the living room. The gang was silent for a few moments, no one knowing what quite to say. They had seen a different side to MC this evening. And it was worrying. So they're all just chilling in the living room with this like dead body that's been tortured. Is that right? I feel like there's been so many dead bodies in that place <laughs> that it's just part of the furniture. Possibly literally as the furniture <laughs> keeps growing as well. That's why there's so much furniture. Every time someone dies in one of their homes, it morphs into like a desk. <laughs> they had seen a different side to MC this evening. And it was worrying. We're all thinking the same thing. Louise finally offered. MC's lost his marbles. Easy, Jay said to Gav. We've known MC a lot longer than you, and something's obviously wrong. You think? From what I've heard, the last three ninjas have all turned a little evil down the line. Maybe MC's finally completing the set. He's got a point. Yeah, yeah. Jay sighed. I hope you're wrong. Although the torturing thing really doesn't fill me full of hope. (laughs) I suppose the (laughs) normally torturing is so inspirational. (laughs) He looked down at the dead body of the warrior and his mind wandered to the front garden, where there were a few more. Oh yeah, of course, I forgot about like the dozen or so that had been left outside. There's a difference, Louise ponderously said. I don't think MC is enjoying any of this. But if you believe what Chip said last year, he wasn't having a rave earlier. (laughs) And look what he managed to do. Again, there was silence between the group. The thought that their fearless leader would go the same way as his previous ninja companions, was one that filled Louise and Jay with mortal dread. And that's where we're going to leave part one of Baby Blues. Ooh. Mm. Do you remember when we started uh, this new season, where we mm. had season four of Tomorrow Gayson and season one of Chip, mm. where we said, oh, maybe Tomorrow Gayson will be a bit more light-hearted, <laughs> Chip will be the dark one. 
Jesus, no, Chip is making friends and like <laughs> <laughs> seeing the sights. Next up, a picnic. <laughs> and MC is like using hammering chisels on people's necks. Yeah. Oh, because we, we, I think we kind of touched upon this before about whether or not we thought MC would turn evil. We, we, I mean, it started out as a joke, but then it became more of a, a possibility. Yeah, and it kind of leads me back to the slight theory of that maybe there's something about the Kukula ninjas that yeah. sends them insane at some point and yeah. they go all dark and evil because of the violence they have to deal with. Or... And I guess the pressure as well. Like, yeah. it's happened since um, MC lost Tifa and Amy yep. came along. He's definitely gone... Yeah. A few cakes short of a bakery. <laughs> and you know, you can kind of trace that back to what happened to Chip, the when why he kind of went evil in yeah, a way, like and Jack and Lee as well, yeah. like resented being locked up for years. Too much pressure. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I guess the only difference being is that Jack never found his way back, whereas Chip and Lee did. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what Lee's up to. <laughs> Partnering her about some. Where's the Lee spin-off? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Welcome to Lee episode one. <laughs> Where we rip off Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> The one difference, though, is normally yeah. part one is the boring bit. This Ooh. had fighting and murder and torture and bakeries. Like, <laughs> it was ever had everything, this one. That's why part two is going to be really boring. <laughs> now, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in uh, part two. I mean, presumably, whether it's just going to be them uh, rolling on the demon nest. Mm. Or... or just MC rolling on yeah, the demon true. nest. Yeah, And, I mean... I know, like, the SWAT were kind of built up to be slightly dangerous, you know, last season, but then they gang just killed thousands of them when yeah. they attacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, Shirak and the Inceptacores are going to be like that as well. They've got yeah. the warriors who are part human, part skinless demon. Yeah. Um, and they can just, like, go through the squishies, and then Shirak yeah. is basically Harato. Yeah. And then the higher power will be a really confusing prime minister of another country. <laughs> <laughs> But it does seem like season four of Tom Gason kicking off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, we've, we've got hints of the big bad and yep. everything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit is going down. But shit is going on a picture of a baby. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not even do the usual outro. Let's just end the, end the episode there. People know we're on Facebook. Fuck it. <laughs>